The Swamp Without a Still is just a tent, a martini without olives doesn't quite make it, and Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones, listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn army, mash I like when they make Star Wars references in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, today, we are going to talk about the movie MASH. Might, there might be Star Wars references, but this movie predates Star Wars because instead of talking about the CBS sitcom that ran for over a decade, we talk about the 1970 Robert Altman film because this is a movie by minute. So we have to talk about a movie one minute at a time. And we consist of myself, Tierney Steele. I'm Megan Coleman. I'm Rick Ingham. And I'm Julia Ingham. Welcome back, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. (laughs) Oh, thank you for letting us ride out these three days with you. Uh, Rick and Julia usually talk about the Mad Max franchise. And, well, they both start with the letters M-A. And there's some inappropriate shenanigans happening. But these are very different inappropriate shenanigans. Today we're going to talk about Minute 44. It begins with a large group of people doing something devious in Blake's darkened office. Is it a lie? No. No. And it ends with the nurse, I think it's Storch, tipping the flashlight away from Raider's face as they all listen to Burns and Houlihan have sex. Like you do. Like you do. So, everyone keep your flashlights pointed at the ground. Brace yourselves. The camp enthusiast is going to once again say, obviously this is not like summer camp, this is a war zone. (laughs) This minute is so camp. When he knocks on the door and is like, turn off the light! And everyone freezes. I mean, we weren't Like it's past their curfew. (laughs) We weren't listening to people have sex, but it was a very familiar feeling with these like plywood walls and the flashlights and... Although Trapper calls it a searchlight, which is weird. Yeah. I mean, the weirdness really begins... When you realize that these folks are listening to their co-workers have sex. Like, imagine the people at your office. No, no, do not finish <laughs> no. that sentence. <laughs> do not finish that thought. This is a comparable situation to that. <laughs> I think I need to call out of work tomorrow. Like, I don't want to listen to any of my co-workers engaging in any sort of nocturnal engagement. Engagingly. I- Yeah, I don't (laughs) want to hear the horizontal tango being performed by people that I work with on a daily basis. I don't want to hear one of my coworkers verb the adjective noun with another one of my coworkers. That is not a situation that I would ever want to find myself in. And sure, they want to pull one over on the obnoxious newcomer and the guy that nobody likes. But still, it's just weird, you guys. Well, Tumblr didn't exist yet, so this is the only way they can do this. And there's even a moment where I think the novelty has worn off a little bit and they are all just standing there <laughs> listening to bad sex. Yes! <laughs> uh, like, what did they expect? Like, did, did they, they really expect good two- sex? 
Yeah, because they're the most two uptight people in the camp. They are so <laughs> drunk that someone said this would be a good idea and everyone else went along with it. And I love the idea, like you said, that some of them have started to realize that this is like what they're doing. <laughs> Some of the people in this room are super into it, and we will get to them. I see you, Nako. I see you. But <laughs> some of the people in this room aren't actually having fun anymore <laughs> by the end of this minute. Is this, I'm sorry, is his name Father Mulcahy? Yeah. Yeah. He does not help the situation. No. Although, quick call out of the subtitles referring to him by his inappropriate nickname. Oh, yes. Which is part ethnic slur. So let's not do that. Thanks, guys. Oh, I saw that. And honestly, I didn't know what it was. So the name that they call him in the subtitles. So some people are called Diego. Some people got called Dago. Oh. Dago became pejorative for people of certain descent, but it was also related to Italians. And so red Italian wine, priest, get it? Because priests with the wine because of the communion. Yeah. Because of the Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> okay i think that's what they were going for is it actually used in the movie yeah he introduces himself he oh yeah they call himself. him dago yeah. all the time yeah. oh okay yeah like they don't think this is a problem at all well there's a lot of things in this movie that they don't <laughs> think is a problem yeah an excellent point <laughs> here's the question as father mulcahy comes in is duke bad at lying or is he just drunk and he's not actually lying? I mean, they are listening to a little radio show. Yeah. So he's not totally lying, but it would be nice if he might mention his face when he like when Maybe Father Mulcahy not up comes in. Like um, no one wants to be the one to tell him not to come in. And Father Mulcahy, he he, he assumes that the radio show they're listening to is the Bickersons, which I looked mm-hmm. up on Wikipedia. The Bickersons <laughs> was a radio comedy sketch series that began September 8th, 1946 on NBC, moving the following year to CBS, where it continued until August 28th, 1951. The show's married protagonists, portrayed by Donna Amici and Francis Langford, spent nearly all their time together in relentless verbal war. Ah, so that kind of yeah. makes sense. And a lot of their episodes, they start with her waking him up in the middle of the night to have a fight. And mm-hmm. so maybe this kind of makes sense? Yeah, he would be like snoring and she would wake him up and they would start bickering about something. <laughs> so the battling Bickersons were a real thing. And so it kind of makes sense. But then it also means that we need to acknowledge that Mulcahy realizes what's happening at the and I, I typed this and now I'm going to say it into a microphone, at the moment of penetration. <laughs> <laughs> because Frank literally says, there it goes. Yeah. <laughs> if you have to point it out, then oh, it's in. <laughs> Bad sign. Bad sign. Hope you got some other skills up your sleeve, so to speak. I just love how Father Mulcahy assumes it's a radio show. It's like, I don't think the Battling Bickersons ever had a sex scene. I don't no, think you don't could do that know. on the radio. If you were listening to a radio show like that as a group, would you really be in the dark in Blake's office? Mm. Well, if they had... Okay, theoretically, if they had snuck into Blake's office and they weren't supposed to be listening to the radio... Okay, fair enough, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can kind of see how they would be doing it sneakily, with the lights off. But it does portray a good-natured naivete on the part of Father Mulcahy that he's like, 
oh, they're listening to the radio. I'm going to go hang out with the guys. Like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's fair because Father Mulcahy has the good-natured naivete. Yes, and he genuinely does. And I like that that, that is something that carried over into the TV show. Mm-hmm. Is that the father is, he can be one of the guys without being one of the guys. And I love his getting out of there. <laughs> he's like, I forgot. Oh, and he's like, oh no, oh no. And he goes, I forgot. And then he just goes, no, and walks out. <laughs> Instead so of, good. there was an opportunity for him to chastise them. Because under what circumstances, from his religious point of view, under what circumstances is what they're listening to okay? He doesn't Even if know. he doesn't know who it yeah. is. Yeah. It's. It's not still not okay. Yeah. I do love... Duke has, like, his confused face when he lets Father Mulcahy in, and then, like, their whole little exchange is great. But look at Judson's face, the one who's actually, like, fixing the radio with Trapper. His reaction to Father Mulcahy joining them is just a treasure. <laughs> it's very much akin to a... Seriously? He's gonna stay? Okay. Whatever. <laughs> If you're sure, Father. <laughs> Welcome to the party, Padre. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Future Tierney episode title. There you go. <laughs> I just noticed some subtitles. As while Father Mulcahy is, like, figuring out what's going on, the <laughs> subtitles are, I think it's Houlihan that says harder ow so she's yep. telling him to go harder and then immediately saying ow <laughs> again <laughs> we're not really getting a uh, flattering portrayal of frank's bedroom skills well no. and to be fair they're on a cot it's kind of like being on those twin mattresses in college in the dorm right yeah like, there's not enough only room. even worse you're questioning because- it's Structural integrity. Yeah, like. and those cots, if they're the ones where it's the metal frame and then it's like, it's not chain link, but it's that sort of thing. There's no board underneath that completely dips down. Because yeah. those are the kinds we used to have at camp. And it, yeah, they're really, I can't even, no. Yeah, plus I doubt that there are any sort of substances that would facilitate the activity. <laughs> yeah. The camp is not stocked with lube. Yeah. I don't think personal lubrication is among the camp's stores. I mean, I'm sure there are things that would work, but now I'm thinking about this way too much. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that disappoints me about this sex scene is that there are disappointments. Like, we're making assumptions about Frank's uh, physiology, but genuinely, that doesn't matter. It's all in, you know, what you're doing. They don't need to have actual lube on site. He doesn't need to be well endowed. It's all in how you use what you do have. All right, well, let's make one thing clear. There is no way that he is going down on Houlihan. He is not- Way too uptight for that. No, no, no. He's not that kind of person. But he would never- If it's any consolation in a future minute, I will spoil it for our listeners because I feel it's important that you have a slightly better feeling about this. (laughs) Frank is a um, generous man in that way. Okay. He's going to make sure that Houlihan um, reaches Nirvana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's good yeah. at taking direction. Yeah. He's good at something. Um, Something's good at something. working for her. Is that from the TV show? 
No, in this... I think it's from the loudspeaker. Yeah, next minute it is implied that she has an orgasm before Really? Him. Which, hey, good for her. Yeah, good for her for faking it. <laughs> <laughs> I know every woman is different, and I absolutely... Every woman is different, but that's just really fast. I well, find that... I find that hard to believe to you go know, from zero to 60 that quick. I said the other day that she probably wasn't pre-gaming, Maybe but she, was. she could have been. Mm. She can get herself like 70, 80% of the way there. And then Frank comes in. She takes and a step Robert back. Duvall? That probably rolls her back probably from 80 down to like maybe 60 or 50. And then he only has to go half the way until she arrives at her desired destination, so to speak. Perhaps. Now, I will say I'm going to pivot slightly, (laughs) but we're still talking about the sex scene. Okay. I want to talk about how this scene is shot because we were talking about the lighting in Margaret's tent and the favors it was doing the actors and how everything suddenly seemed a lot sexier. I love, like, from a film point, from an aesthetic, artistic viewpoint... This minute with the, what is, what art style is it where it's like the rich blacks and the faces illuminated by the light? I feel like it's a very like Dutch sort of thing. Like there are always people in the low countries doing that. But it's a very artistic, you know, you get half of someone's face. So you're only seeing their eyes move. And then we see, I think it's Nako McCarthy like mouthing along with what's happening. Oh yeah. It's a very artistically pleasing. Once Father Mulcahy leaves and you get into that awkward, like we said, I think about half of the group is kind of over this now, but the the few that are into it are very into it. And it's just because you only have the flashlights and then that little bit of light coming through the window. It's really beautiful to watch these people listen (laughs) to their coworkers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I can't see Dutch Baroque people actually having like having a painting of dutch baroque people actually sitting around listening to somebody else have sex but i don't know they might have been into it (laughs) except in that span of in that era of time it would probably be a lot of really low quality wax cylinders which i mean i wouldn't put it past any sort of aristocracy to listen to a wax cylinder of two people having (laughs) sex but it would probably just sound terrible like most wax cylinders would did they have wax cylinders though in the like late 1600s early 1700s i don't know like they so it would be live performances only oh yeah how exclusive it would be like i don't know somebody's losing their virginity on the wedding night and they want to make sure they actually lost their virginity god how medieval I know. Poor humans of the past. I know. It all sounds terrible. It all sounds horrible. (laughs) Can't wait to meet you guys tomorrow in real life. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I just am so appreciative of the fact that we don't have to spend any more time in the tent. The last (laughs) instance of tent time was yesterday, and then we get to spend all day here in this room with a bunch of people crowded around a radio in this awkward, awkward situation. (laughs) And I would so much prefer to be here than in that tent with Hot Lips and Frank. Although she doesn't technically have the nickname Hot Lips until later minutes, I will admit. That's true, I suppose. It's coming closer. She's still just (laughs) Major Houlihan at this point. Yeah. It's an interesting minute. I never... They address this a couple times on the show, too, where they'll gather a bunch of guys to watch stag films in Henry's office. And it's just like, really? I... uh, I never understood. The appeal? Yeah. 
famously, um, the actor who played Pee Wee Herman was caught in an adult theater um, attending to himself. I will say that. And it's like, I'm not a connoisseur of adult films. I don't know a lot about them, but... I feel like when you're when you're watching an adult film or listening to two of your coworkers have sex over the radio, like there is a desired effect. Like there is that one nurse who is definitely like getting into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there are certain activities that would then follow. Like did people of the past just kind of file that away in their brains and then just use it at a later date? I don't know. I am a millennial. I am of the generation of instant gratification. So I it's hard for me to put myself in a early Earlier generations shoes i guess is what i'm trying to get at you do not long for the days where there were adult movie theaters lining yes. times square i am so glad that the hipsters have not tried to bring back public pornographic theaters they don't seem appealing yeah like i yeah. they seem just gross let them have their complicated coffee drinks and their very exclusive ingredient meals that they can post pictures of on instagram just so long as the hipsters don't bring back times square porno theaters <laughs> <laughs> Can I? It's a related story. So the one time that I was concerned that things were happening, I was not at a adult movie theater. I was at a regular movie theater. In fact, I was seeing the movie Australia. <laughs> oh. I was seeing the movie Australia starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman. It was a great movie. Well, I mean, I, I really liked it. It was beautiful. But I don't remember a lot from that first viewing of it because I had gone to the movies alone. The movie theater was like, right across the street from our dorm. No one else is free. Whatever. I'm going to go see a movie. (laughs) Oh, God. And so I sat down in a row, and there was someone else further down the road. There were only, like, maybe 10 people in the theater. Like, we weren't the only two people, but there weren't a lot of people. Okay. We're the only two people in this row. No big deal. Movie starts. I become horribly aware that the row is slightly shaking in oh, a way dear. that can only mean one thing. That movie was rated PG 13. Oh. It gets worse. Oh dear. <laughs> oh God. I then became kind of obsessed with figuring out what it was correlating to because it did not seem to correlate to Nicole Kidman <laughs> or Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Because I was like, it was just random oh scenes. <laughs> because once you're aware of that and it stops and you're like, oh, thank God it stopped. And then it starts again. <laughs> you just become obsessed with like, what is it that's turning him on? This doesn't make any sense. Like, this is a normal movie. Like nothing. Okay. Oh maybe God. it's Nicole Kimmett. No, it's not when Nicole Kimmett. Maybe it's Hugh Jackman. I don't know what he is. No, it's not that. I could find nothing that explained <laughs> what was happening. <laughs> well, Australia is a and I just breathtakingly stared straight ahead. beautiful place. <laughs> <laughs> I stared straight ahead and just <laughs> pretended that it wasn't happening. <laughs> so, first of all, Australia, directed by Australian native Boz Lerman, of course, <laughs> with... Native daughter, Nicole Kidman, and native son, Hugh Jackman. So, great start there. See, I'm trying to pour through the cast list. It doesn't look like, on the surface, that there are a lot of overlap between the cast of Australia and any of the Mad Max movies until you get down to Bruce Uh, Spence, who played Dr. Barker. Bruce Spence is in Australia? Yep. Do we need to watch Australia? I mean, we might need to watch Australia just because it's called Australia. Well, yeah, I'm surprised that's never come up before. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm glad I could bring it back into your life. I mean, I saw the movie other times and enjoyed it, but I could not stop being like, what? Was it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is why when we go see movies, we do it at the local Regal Theater where the seats are oversized leather recliners mm. where you have all of the room that you want to spread out and the seats are heavy enough that they don't jostle around when someone else in your row is quote unquote <laughs> enjoying the movie a little too much. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's just weird. <laughs> I'm glad I never encountered it at that movie theater either. You know, know exactly what I movie know exactly theater I'm talking what you're about. talking about. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Front row of the back part so you can put your feet ups on the bar. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, God. Yep. That was the only time I encountered that. And I remember that, like, because it, it's such a trope of, like, oh... Back in the day, when you get an actual reel of movie, the <laughs> men folk would gather, and it's like, to do what? But you're right. I think you just, you, again, I can't believe I'm saying this in the internet. Dear God, please let my father have given up on listening to my podcast by this point. You just file that away for your spank bank, I guess? Like, I guess so. <sighs> Another fun fact about the movie Australia, the <laughs> stunt supervisor for that movie was Guy Norris, who oh. did the stunt supervising for most of the Mad Max movies. Oh, all right. I knew I'd find more connections because there so, are only so many people in Australia. <laughs> Tyranny, it's like thank you for reminding us about the movie Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Not where I saw this minute going. <laughs> there are only honest. so many directions. Yeah, I really don't get the pornography in any sort of public forum set up. Because, mm. I don't know, porn is for private consumption, I feel like. That might just be a modern development, though. Because we can. You like, can have it as private or as public yeah. as you want. Like, the whole Has reason... Has it all been downhill since Sony invented the Walkman? Well, the whole reason that <laughs> VHS beat out Betamax is because the pornography... The pornographic producers were outputting their material on VHS instead of Betamax. So that individuals could take it home and watch it privately. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't want to say and that... everyone said this is better. I don't want to say <laughs> yes. that DVD beat out Laserdisc because of the same reason, but the one time we went to that fertility clinic, they had a stack of DVDs. That is the format that they chose. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just, here's the Wi-Fi password. Exactly! Like, just give me the Wi-Fi password, and I'm all set. Megan, when I asked you to do a podcast with me, did you think we would end up talking so much about pornography? <laughs> no, but I will say... Because we've now addressed print and video. Well, yeah. and I remember when Carrie and Bush, we woke up and no one knew which one was president. I had a... I was taking a class at Simmons on the history of sexuality and the family, but we pretty much focused on the sex. And uh, she was like, I got something to cheer y'all up today. We're going to look at some Victorian porn. And we're like, ooh, ankles? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the actual porn could get quite... You could, I mean, for the time, yeah. it could get pretty racy, but we, like that was her way to be like, you, we need to still work on this material and focus. And so here's some pictures. Here are some like, Here's some porn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Like... Oh Another fun fact about the movie Australia. <laughs> oh, 
The animation department had a total of four individuals. One of them is listed as animator for the kangaroo sequence. They had a kangaroo animator. Yep. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. I don't think you can necessarily have an Australian movie without at least one kangaroo mention. Tierney, maybe it was the kangaroos. But it, but it happened again later. There's only one kangaroo sequence. Oh, man. Yeah, maybe the guy right? just liked being uh, getting off in public. And I mean, don't know why. And he just <laughs> face it, yeah. man, that's a lot more likely. I, know, right? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't consider myself a particular snack, but he was with in a movie theater alone, but not alone with college people around yeah yeah Yikes. that's much more likely but i prefer to believe that he just had some really weird fetish about like a specific camera angle or something that i was missing <laughs> marie just really loved australia he just really loved yeah. australia the sunsets are so beautiful say was the didgeridoo <laughs> playing while the row was shaking were there good authentic australian accents maybe he liked that because as we all know, no one could do a Boston accent well in a movie. But if you could do, you know, maybe they had better luck with Australian accents. I don't know. Well, that's why they had to cast actual Australians. So there you go. The only hope. All joking aside, it may have been the accents. Yeah. I think <laughs> it could have been. Of the things we've joked about, that I think that's the most legitimate. As the so world can attest to, a good Australian accent, especially when it's coming out of a Hemsworth. That's goes a true. Long <laughs> long way. Speaking of Boston accents and... Yes. Making sure that I do a plug for this. Uh, we in the Movies by Minutes community are raising money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation through a trivia contest that we're running. And the final of that trivia contest is happening tomorrow at Movies by Minutes Portland. So there is still technically time as you're listening to this to donate to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and help us reach our fundraising goal of, I want to say, $2,000? Sure. I have no idea. It sounds right. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Seems low, though. Tierney, I think your group was knocked out in the first round. In overtime. In overtime. In overtime. I will give you that. Shots. That is respectable. Yeah. Yeah, we had a good showing. Unfortunately, I can't say whether or not our team has made it to the finals, but whichever team wins round two is going to the finals at Movies by Minutes Portland. So potentially we could be competing tomorrow. Yep, against no the Dum Dum Squad, last year's champions. Anyone listening, even though if it's passed, all that will be available for you to listen, so don't feel too left out. I found the URL passion.cff.org, and then ours is slash mxm-trivia-cage-match. Or we could just put a link in the listeners group. Well, yes, but I... (laughs) The second part of that sentence is very important. (laughs) But that... And that link has the episodes and the donate button. So hopefully for the people that are listening live, you will be inspired to help us raise money to fund research to help find a cure or advanced treatments for people suffering from CFF. Or CF, not CFF. CF. CF. CFF the last is, F is for foundation. foundation. Yeah, you get what I'm trying to say. I'm like four <laughs> drinks in at this point. So. And I am, and I am a CF carrier, and I still say CFF now all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Tierney, out of out of curiosity, what movies did you do? UHF and Major League. Wow. Yeah. Yep. 
And I, yeah, I, I got real mad at myself for things that I didn't remember from Major League where it was like, no, but I, I would like be able to picture it, but I wasn't coming up with the right thing. And it's just like, oh no. So yeah, we went to overtime. <laughs> we did penalty shots. We were going so fast. Like, yes, you're correct. And all of us were like, wait, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I lost. <laughs> All because I wouldn't see The Revenant. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't say wouldn't. It just, I had no reason to see The Revenant. I didn't realize that someday my, because uh, the penalties were just whatever came to mind as quickly as he could. So <laughs> we had not planned for a tie, obviously. <laughs> yeah, we did Titanic and Moonstruck. Ooh. How did you find the Moonstruck questions? She asked loadedly. <laughs> <laughs> was that your movie that you made up that you did the questions for? I did the questions for. Uh, let's see. Fine. Nothing stood out as particularly okay. like, wow, that was ridiculously hard or like crazy easy. I had a lot of fun writing the hints, especially when the answer was Olympia Dukakis. Oh, we didn't make it to the hints on Olympia Dukakis. Oh, uh, it was like... Her first name is inspired by the home of the Greek gods, and her last name is the same as her cousin, who is the governor of Massachusetts and ran for president and whatever, like, whatever it was. I was just like, this is the most convoluted thing. <laughs> but the, the other answer team. is Olympia Dukakis, and I like to think someone would get it from this. <laughs> the other team got that question and knew it right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like a hard question. She's pretty famous. I mean, <laughs> Olympia Dukakis is arguably one of the best parts of Moonstruck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, I think the little old man howling at the moon with his dogs is pretty great, but I'm a weirdo like that. <laughs> that was the first question we got, and we had the answer, but we paid for a hint just to make sure that Dave oh. Palace was asking the question correctly. No, okay. no. Dave led us to think that we had answered it incorrectly. He led us into oh, buying a hint. Oh, okay. He totally took us there. Yeah. See, as of recording this, I haven't listened to you guys yet, but as of it airing, I will have. So I'm in this weird limpo where I'm like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Our strategy for trivia is to watch the movies earlier in the day. And so we watched Moonstruck and we watched Titanic the morning of the trivia match. That and is so a long morning. When <laughs> It really was. When the question required us to recall a scene, I had the like, whole scene the whole we scene in my head whole scenes yeah <laughs> i had person character location actions i had it all there although i did get away our secrets i did get tripped <laughs> up by the name of the was it the director or the screenwriter no you answered that question you like talked your way through it i you? had to talk my way through it because <laughs> i couldn't remember because the guy's name was weird it was yes. like stanley but not stanley it was something weird it's john patrick shanley shanley he was actually our in for doing moonstruck because he wrote and directed joe versus the volcano ah wow. yeah his his last name is like some drunk person trying to say a name properly <laughs> <laughs> Which, hey, I'm one to talk, so. I can't wait to have you on that podcast. That's going to be great. I love being invited on podcasts because it gives me an excuse to watch movies that I've never even, like, given the time of day to before. Like, I never would have watched the MASH movie if not for this invitation. So thank you for that. Very You're much. Question <laughs> <laughs> <Push and> mark? <laughs> um. Yeah. How, how are you both feeling about that decision? <laughs> Do you I don't feel like regret you should it. read the book? Just kidding. Have either of you read the book? Yes. Yep. And what's it like? 
if you thought this made you angry and think there's a lot of sexual harassment and a lot of anti-establishmentism, if that's a word, yeah, it's a word, and uh, against religion, you ain't seen nothing yet, friends. <laughs> okay, I think I'm going to skip the book. Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a, the Trapper, uh, my favorite quote-unquote part is when Trapper gets drunk and <laughs> gets driven around in a Jeep like he's Jesus and signs autographs as if he's Jesus. Um, to raise money. To raise money. To send Hojan to the States. That's so a bold strategy, Cotton. It's for charity, <laughs> just like the Movies by Minutes trivia cage match. Boom. <laughs> Tied it back. Still got it. I spent so much time thinking about MASH today. And by today, I mean before we started recording. I actually like rewrote part of the theme song Ooh, to relate to the... Okay, so I'm not going to use a backtrack even though i probably should you're listening to a podcast it's all about the movie mash tierney and megan have a blast one minute at a time to see that this movie's not painless it meanders for ages i'd rather watch the tv show instead yes this podcast format's gone too far to talk about the korean war the characters they go nowhere and story arcs they aren't there this movie is not painless it meanders for ages i'd rather watch the tv show instead i think i'll watch the tv show instead and i knocked over my drink <laughs> oh no that was amazing darling that could you grab me some towels beautiful i am try i was trying not to laugh just so we could hear you but i am like my my face is covered in tears from trying not to laugh yeah oh my gosh that was awesome rick yeah i'm like I said, I'm like four drinks in at this point, so I needed to like. Get yeah, some he more. knocked over his glass and like didn't even flinch. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin the take, Julia. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah, Megan, I started to stifle and I was like, it's okay, we'll be on separate tracks. I can just mute mine. <laughs> oh, oh, I I forgot that. It's all good. It's all good. I have no idea. There, I cannot top that. I can't There's, top no that. Way. There's no way. <laughs> wow. Thank you guys. So, so much for being <laughs> on. That's really above and beyond the call of being yes. a guest. <laughs> yeah, Rick likes to go the extra mile. <laughs> it's beautiful. This is why you guys are Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, no, we just need someone from the movie to hear Rick's song and shout us out. There we go. Well, and to do that, they'd have to listen to your podcast. So that'd yeah. be cool, too. That would be cool. And they'd have to make it to minute 44, which will be interesting to find out. <laughs> yeah, I think I definitely lost the plot on those last two lines because the way the song ends, it's like it's differently pitched than the rest mm -hmm. of it. So if anyone couldn't tell, I am not a singer. <laughs> I think he's a lovely singer. You're a lovely singer, really. That was absolutely fine. <laughs> I say he's the person who had to sing our theme song and hits that skip ahead a few seconds button every episode because <laughs> I can't listen to myself. <laughs>
I listened to at least one episode of your podcast before we recorded tonight, because mm-hmm. I'm a busy person, and there are a lot of movie-by-minute podcasts, I'm sorry to say. Actually, I'm not sorry to say that there's a lot of them, I'm just sorry to say that yeah. there's not enough hours in the day. Anyway. Good fix. I heard you sing it, and I was like, I feel inspired. <laughs> well, we hope our listeners feel inspired. I mean, feel free to share anything that you come up with and want to sing at us. We have a Facebook group called The Mash Minute listeners post upward we're also on twitter and instagram at mash minute so there are many ways to reach us and we also have mash minute at gmail.com so if you feel the need to set, make a voice memo and send it to us there that's cool that's also a possibility just saying that's out there mm-hmm. so and then if you want to hear more of julia and i without mm-hmm. the singing madmaxminute.com is where you can do that without the singing yet <laughs> I was like, Julia, do I sing it all on the main feed? Not really. Maybe a line or two when it comes up in conversation. Okay. Honestly, I can't remember because we've recorded over 400 episodes of content. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a bit of a blur. <laughs> you have many movies possibly lined up in your franchise. One of them could be a musical. Ooh, a Mad Max musical. Ooh. Huh. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It really does. Ooh. That one's for free, George Miller. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd watch it. I love musicals. I'm a sucker. There's not enough dystopian or sci-fi musicals out there either, right? Well, now that we have solved the <laughs> ills of the world by proposing Mad Max musicals, I'm going to propose that we take a weekend off, go socialize with our fellow podcasters, raise some great money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, cff.org, and we will reconvene on Monday with some new guests, but unfortunately not a new scenario happening in the movie. (laughs) We will still be in this room and we will still be listening to Burns and Houlihan.